Carmen. Mm-hmm. It's Pride Month. And we haven't been gay enough. No. Is that <laughs> offensive? I'm, I should. I take it back. We haven't been allies enough. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Carmen. And Christina. And this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. We haven't been... Yes, you're right. I was going to say gay allies, but that's not right either. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Anyway, we haven't been allies enough this month because uh, we have not recorded. I was going to say, to be <laughs> fair, it's because we haven't recorded. <sighs> yes, but did you know the first openly gay candidate to run for a public office was a Latino man? I did not know that. You know what? I always hear about heart. You're talking about U.S., right? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I have to make sure. Actually, I'm also talking about San Francisco specifically. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of gay Latinx erasure, no. <laughs> the first person I heard of was Harvey Milk. Of course, because same. But I'm going to tell you today. Okay. And also, he was a drag queen. What? Yes. His I'm name? So- I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm just already mad that I don't know who this is. <laughs> okay. Well, did you remember the picture I sent you? Of yeah. that beautiful man? Yeah, yeah. Is he not super handsome? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, his name was Jose Saria. Okay. He was an instrumental activist for the LGBTQ plus community for their rights. And again, like I said, the first openly gay candidate to run for a public office position in... At the very least, California, but at most, like, the United States. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about him and then um, actually a lot about him. This man, a wild life. Like, you know, when you're, like, looking at people in history and you're like, man, some people have lived. We said that last episode about Jesse. We did. We did. And I am, again, saying it today about Jose Saria because this man lived wow like, i'm it's insane so um first i'm gonna tell you you know his early early childhood mm-hmm. so I, um i mean even how he came to be born in the united states is a story in itself like it's wild so jose saria was born on december 22nd 1922 in san francisco california but like i said even him getting there is a journey itself so his mother maria dolores Maldonado is from Colombia, and she belonged to an upper-class Colombian family. Uh, this made them a target during the Thousand Days War. I don't know anything about the war. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. But it's a war that took place in Colombia. <laughs> and because she was born to an upper-class family involved in politics, this made her a target. And she had to flee the country after her mother's murder because of the war. So a high up general named Rafael Uribe, Uribe, Uribe twice. Oh, I thought you just said it twice for no reason. (laughs) No, I did not. (laughs) He helped her flee to Panama. In Panama, she worked for a German family that apparently like is known for brewing beer. I didn't write down the last name. And then she left Panama for Guatemala in 1919. And she was only in Guatemala for six months. Then she got on a boat to head to San Francisco. And on the boat, she met Julio Saria, who was a Spanish man, a rich Spanish man from a rich Spanish family. Okay. And he courted her until finding out she was pregnant. 
Um, oh. So they were both heading for San Francisco and, you know, they had a relationship until she was like, oop, I'm pregnant. And he was like, oop, I'm out. And in San Francisco, Maria Dolores Maldonado worked for a wealthy family. She, it was like at a hotel, like this family like owned a hotel and she worked for them. So she was very busy and she realized that it was very difficult for her to work for this family, make this much money, but also raise Julio by herself because their father, his father was not around. Um, He was in and out of jail because he wouldn't pay finance or um, pay child support. Oh, so did he come also to San Francisco? Yes. Oh, yeah. They met on the boat. They got to San Francisco. They were like together for a little bit until she said she was pregnant. But this was already in San Francisco. Oh, I'm sorry. I th- oh, did I? No, they met on that boat. Okay. I, uh, for, San Francisco. for a second, I thought she was already pregnant when she met him. So then that's why he bounced. But so she... I worded it weird, probably. He got her pregnant. And then bounced. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so she worked for this wealthy family. She worked hard and a lot, but it was hard for her to raise Julio by herself without his help. And uh, he actually, yeah, like I said, he was in and out of jail for not paying child support. He would pay the $5 bail, which would go to the family, to Jose and his mom, $5. Then he would be arrested again for doing the same thing. This happened until he fled for Nicaragua in 1926. Um, Anything to not be a father, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, working and raising Jose was very difficult for Maria. So she and I, um, there's there's like two books on him, but they were like 50 bucks oh, on wow. Kindle and That's expensive. the paperback. Yeah. For paperback and Kindle. It, there was no, the paperback was cheaper, but oh. also it was like two or three weeks for it to get here. Oh, so it wouldn't have. I, I yeah. I and I mean, time. we've said it plenty of times, like it's our episodes serve more as, as like an introduction to the topic or the person that we're talking about. I just wish I had more time to like read it because yeah well I mean now you can you know learn more about him later (laughs) true true like you can still order the book yeah well I forgot to do it now it's too late no it's not you can do it at any point (laughs) (laughs) if I remember yeah anyway um so I'm not sure how or how this came to be because this was not in anywhere um that I could find and presumably it's in one of those books so she found a family that could take Jose and raise him, but she never stopped seeing him regularly. So okay. they became like a second family for him. She was helping him raise him too. And then she bought a house for this family and Jose to live in. Wow. Um, and they were the Millens. Okay. And, but that's why I'm like, how did this happen? How do they meet? Like That's interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder, did and they have their own children or no? They had two children, two other children. Yeah, I wonder if he was like friends with their kids or something. And then they were they met that way. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I'm obviously I'm speculating here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did read that the wife of the Millens, if I didn't write down her name, I forgot to. The Millen wife. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Had just suffered a miscarriage. Aww. And the doctor was like, well, maybe you can adopt a child and this will make you help you feel better, make mm. you feel better. And somehow after that, they came in contact with. Interesting. With Maria. Mm. And, and they were like, well, we'll help you or something. At that part, I'm like, how did this happen after this? I don't know. But. They became his second family. And yeah, she bought them a home and all of all of them. So he basically had like three parents, right? Yeah. They were supported him at a young age. He began dressing in girls clothes and 
everyone indulged him, the millions and his mom, like nobody stopped him. They were like, yeah, you can go out dressed as a girl to dinner. Like, why not? Who does yeah. it harm? No one. Exactly. No one. And they didn't stop him. He studied ballet, tap dance, he's singing. He became fluent in German and French wow. by the time he graduated. There was one more language because he knew four languages. Spanish. Oh, Spanish, English. I was like, <laughs> fucking dumb. Well, we know half the languages he knows also then. Or he yeah. knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, all this by the time he graduated high school. So by the time he graduated, he enrolled in college to study economics. But then Pearl Harbor happened and he was determined to join the army after this. But he was a short king. <laughs> was there a height limit? Yes. For the he army? Was, mm-hmm. So he, there still is. Oh, and you made it? I'm not a, I'm not a <laughs> little person. Okay. Like legally. Look, I was saying that as you said that. And I didn't <laughs> know the height limit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so you... he was a little person? No, he was oh. he was not a little person. He's just a short king. Okay. Okay. He was I'm just sorry. under five feet tall. Wow. Yes, just under five feet tall. And so because of this, when he went to the recruiting station, they were like, You're unfit for service. But this was not going to stop Jose. No. He went back to the station and seduced the major of the rec- army recruiting station. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Wow. And everything I've, I found, every source that I found that said this, and they're going to be in the show notes, but he either seduced or coerced <laughs> his way into the army. Wow. By getting with this major. Yeah. And how old was he at this point? Uh, I mean, 18. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he, he enlisted. He was set to go to basic. Uh, but then Mr. Millen, his adoptive father, passed away. And so this put off his enlistment for about a month. And then he joined. Um, And that he was so sad over that um, because he did. He loved them. Um, It's not like other, you know, adoptive situations where they were good to him. I mean, I love that he had, you know, one parent and then he went to three parents. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. To replace his um, actual shitty father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So after basic training he was assigned to intelligence school because of his four languages four languages <laughs> one of them being german and the other french mm-hmm. and this was europe this was in europe like yeah. this was so convenient mm-hmm. right but he failed the background check because you have to get like a super secret background clearance for this mm-hmm. they even just for like a regular secret clearance the army talks to everyone that you know you you fill mm-hmm. out this paper and you write down like who your family members are if you have immigrant family where they live like it's insanely detailed and then a super secret one goes even above that and so he failed it and he thinks it's because someone said he was gay because Aww. from a young age he he knew it he he dressed in girl clothing and he knew so he thinks that's why he didn't pass the background mm-hmm. check because like what better candidate would have would there have been for intelligence school yeah none he spoke four languages <laughs> so because he wasn't able to do intelligence school then he went to uh, the cooks and bakers school and after graduating as a cook he was sent to train as a scout but he purposely failed the training for this again and again because it was the dangerous job and he was like i want to live <laughs> he's like no sir not today no, not, yeah not today <laughs> So then he was assigned to the motor pool. So like driving vehicles back and forth. This is where he met Major, and I cannot pronounce this last name, M-A-T-A-X-I-S. M-A-T-A-X-I-S. 
T-A. Like taxi, but with an M-A in front of it and an S at the end. The way you explained it confused me more than when you spelled it out. Oh, sorry. It made sense to me. One more time. M-A-T-A-X-I-S. M-A-T-A-X-I-S. Metaxis? (laughs) Maybe. Metaxis. Metaxis, yeah. So Major Metaxis. He met him there because he had to drive him. And then Major Metaxas requested him to be his orderly. So like work for him specifically. Like an assistant? Yeah. And so he followed him into occupied Germany. And here in occupied Germany, he ran a small mess hall. So like where you eat like a small cafeteria Mm -hmm. serving like eight other officers. (laughs) And also apparently he somehow had time to become involved in the Germany or the German LGBTQ scene. He had a lover in Germany during this time. Wow. Good yeah. For him. <laughs> um, and this is when he was like really exposed to like the scene. Mm-hmm. People being openly gay and stuff um, at places and dancing and yeah, drag queen performances. I was like, that's so weird that he, I just didn't, I would not have thought he would have had time for this. <laughs> In combat. (laughs) I guess there was a lot of downtime. I guess. And so he was honorably discharged in 1947 as a staff sergeant. And I did send you uh, pictures, his his, uh, military picture. Yeah. I was like, that is a beautiful man. Like, I will be posting pictures on our Instagram. I saw it when you first sent it, which was like last week. So I need to look at it again. Yeah. Look look at it again. How long ago was this? Oh, Uh, I was like, it couldn't have been that long ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He looks like he could be an actor today. He looks like a movie star. He could have been an actor back then. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did that one plain looking white guy become famous? You know, that, like James Dean. Yes. <laughs> actually, I don't he, remember what he looks like. I actually don't know what he looks like either. I mean, like if you compared him to Elvis, who also served. Okay. I don't know how people found or find him attractive. Yeah. I, I'm just not, mm, I've never felt it. Never. mm, No, I don't Mm -hmm. don't even think if I was like back then, I don't think I would. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. I don't see it. As Aaron from the office said, I don't see it. (laughs) After his honorable discharge, Jose returned to San Francisco, used his GI Bill. He enrolled in university. He wanted to become a teacher. But also during this time, there was like a lot of raids going on, right? <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at pictures of James Dean. Oh, what does he look like? I mean, he has cheekbones, so. Okay. The girlies think that's hot always. I mean, he's better than Elvis for sure. But that's not a good picture. But yeah. No, that's not. But yeah, he is yeah. better than. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see the um, who was hotter when they were young debate on Twitter that was happening like two weeks ago? Mm. Did it make it to Instagram or whatever? Yeah. Whatever you peruse. No, I saw it on Reddit. On Okay. Yeah. Um, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Oh, you know where? No, I didn't see it on Reddit. I was listening to a podcast. I see him. Why? In case oh, in case you, you missed, missed it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about that. Did you ever look at the pictures? I don't think i looked at the pictures i just think that robert de niro i've never seen him young and i can't picture him good looking at all so no fucking way you need to look at the pictures are you serious i am team robert de niro really yes let me send you because there's one specific hold on okay i'll look up al pacino while you're at it wait i have seen pictures of young al pacino i think that's why i didn't like think about him at all oh wait i just saw one 
This is the one I want to show you. They made it. Um... Okay, I'm clicking on it. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, after seeing that picture, I was like, yeah, team Robert De Niro. Yeah, I think he does look better than Al Pacino, but I still think his eyes are too small. I can see that. But he's smiling. Okay, I have the same problem and I need to practice my smiles, actually, because I smile like that in only pictures and then you can't see my eyes. So I'm like, that's true. You do do that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know how this happened, but <laughs> well, because we were talking about the times. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. During this time, he also began working part time at the Black Cat, which was a bar known for its LGBTQ scene. Very famous for that. And it's on San Francisco, if I didn't make that clear. Also, the way he got this job, insane. <laughs> so <laughs> before he began working there, him and his sister, Teresa Millen, frequented the Black Cat. And they made a bet on who would seduce a waiter named Jimmy Moore. And Jose won the bet. <laughs> I mean, look at him. <laughs> I mean, beautiful man. Like, seriously. If I was a man, I would like him too. Me too. Uh, I, like, I was like, wow, swoon. Yeah. So whenever Jimmy couldn't work, Jose would cover his shifts. And eventually the owner of the Black Cat hired him. Wow. So he was working there part time while studying to be a teacher. But sadly, his dreams of becoming a teacher were cut short because while he was out at a different bar, not the Black Cat, a man began flirting with Jose and there were two undercover cops nearby. Oh. And, you know, the this is, was at that time. And, and they arrested would be arrested. Yeah. Yeah. So he and the guy were both arrested for solicitation, even though Jose was not even flirting back. So dumb. Yeah. I cannot. I, it's like you can't say them like was, that was yeah. a thing. Yeah. Wild. Jose then dropped out of college because he knew with this as his arrest record, he was never going to be able to find work as a teacher. He didn't really know what to do next. So then he with the advice of a friend entered a drag show at a bar in Oakland. Uh, okay, called, shout um, out. Yeah, shout out Oakland. Um, <laughs> this bar was called Pearls. It's not there anymore. Mm. And he ended up winning second place wow. at this drag show. It was a natural then. Yes. But he also remembered he had singing lessons. Oh, I forgot about that. And dance lessons. All through his childhood. He did a lot of singing and tap dancing. Yes. Um, so he was probably... I mean, a performer. <laughs> yes, performer for sure. So he then won a two-week contract to perform for $50 a week. And this is when he decided to go full on in. on Full in, sorry. When he decided to go full in on drag. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. I see how that could be confusing. Yeah. I can't read, you know. Or talk. Neither. And this, I, I'm quoting him. So, and I quote, I decided then to be the most notorious impersonator or homosexual or fairy or whatever you wanted to call me. And you would pay me for it. I love it. I love him. <laughs> he then started picking up seeking jobs here and there uh, while being a waiter at the Black Cat. One day while he was waiting at the Black Cat, um, the pianist began playing a piece from a French opera called Carmen. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, no, but yeah. I love it already. Sounds like Yeah, I don't know anything about operas, but there's one in Carmen and it's French. <laughs> and Jose knew it because again, French, performer. French performing it's mm -hmm. all in his like wheelhouse right so he started singing and after singing this the owner was like 
we need to get you on the schedule. And it was like one night a week, two nights a week. And then it was like every night a week. Wow. People loved him. And he would perform a parody opera. (laughs) Okay. Yes. And he would dress himself as Carmen and sing at Union Square in San Francisco in public. And because this was like wrong, according to the police, they would try to arrest him and he would run in his drag, like, wow, dress, run away from the police, evading them while people cheered him on. Wow. I mean, (laughs) of course you would root for him. Yeah. And, And they never arrested him in this manner. Like, wow. Amazing. And uh, again, people at the Black Cat, everywhere he performed, people loved him. He would tell people all the time, like, to be open, to accept themselves, that to love themselves. And this is one of his quotes. People were living double lives and I didn't understand it. It was persecution. Why be ashamed of who you are? There's nothing wrong with being gay. The crime is getting caught. Then this is another thing he would say all the time. United we stand, divided they catch us one by one. And at closing time, he always had everyone at the Black Hat hold hands and he would sing this uh, song. It was called God Save Us Nelly Queens. Oh, and he would sing this in the tune of God Save the Queen. But of course, he changed the words and this became an anthem. And it's still like, wow, it's any like drag show or like sort of like ceremony. It's still an anthem for all like LGBTQ people. This is some of the words. Uh, God save us, Nelly Queens. God save us, Nelly Queens. God save us, Queens and lesbians too. From every mountain high, long may we may we live and thrive. God save us, Nelly Queens. God save us, Queens. You can look up performances of him singing this. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna look it up. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I love it though because I think. I mean, I I think about now and a lot of like the LGBTQ plus people that I follow or trainings that I've been to or people that I've spoken to, like one of the main things that's often talked about is how queer youth or elder queers, you know what I mean? Like people who are queer die so young a lot of times. Yes. And like that song, I feel like encompasses some of that feeling. Chills. Yeah. yeah, When you were saying the words, it gave me chills because. Yeah. I actually just saw not that long ago a long ass Twitter thread about the same thing you're saying right mm-hmm. now that um for uh, the queer community elders were like people in their forties thirties is what I seen thirties and forties thirties yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah they die young and like here like us as um you know cis happy people joke around about being babies at your late twenties <laughs> and it like yeah. the stark the difference is so stark it is it really is. People loved Jose Saria. They loved watching him perform. They hung to his every word, how he encouraged people to accept themselves. Even Harvey Milk. Okay. Who ran for office almost 20 years after Jose Saria. Wow. Loved him, went to watch him at the Black Cat perform and saw Jose Saria as an inspiration. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I guess maybe some people don't know, but Harvey Milk is like, I don't know. I mean, I think we learned about him in, in high school. No, no. I the reason I knew was because of the movie that came out. You know out. what? That's what I'm thinking of the movie. But I don't think we learned about him either. I think he was like a blurb in a textbook. Like, I don't recall that at all. I no? just remember the movie. But he is the first openly gay candidate to have one office. Um, but of course, like his inspiration and the yeah. person who ran 16 years before him, not mentioned anywhere. You know, this is why I'm doing this episode today, because I, I read about him and I was like, this man is amazing. Amazing. 
So Jose's call for um, queer people to love themselves, accept themselves, didn't stop at performing. He encouraged everyone caught during raids to plead not guilty because it was customary for them to just say, yeah, I'm guilty, be arrested, like go Mm -hmm. find whatever. So he was like, no, we need to stop doing that. We need to plead not guilty, demand a trial. Mm -hmm. Then this led to the courts being overloaded. No, I was going to say it's a tactic in a lot of places to overload the court with these dumbass made up crimes, you know, Mm -hmm. which is what he was encouraging people to do. Another common charge for drag queens and, you know, trans people of the time, too, was the intent to deceive. So because they were dressing of the non-conforming gender Mm -hmm. assigned to them at birth, then they were deceiving a person looking at them Mm -hmm. because they were trying to lie about who they were. Right. That was the charge intent to deceive. To fight this, Jose Sadia began distributing homemade labels shaped like black cats, an homage to the black cat. Mm. And these labels read, I'm a boy. <laughs> and so the queens would wear them. And when the raids happened and they were like arrested, they'd be like, bam, here's my label. I've been wearing it this whole time. What is the charge? Because yeah. certainly it's not an intent to like, deceive. Like, how am I trying to deceive you if I have it right here? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be charged like this anymore um and because of this halloween raids and ceased altogether he also formed this league the league for civil education and this league uh, they worked in supporting gay men caught in these raids and after all this harassment and discrimination he hossein was tired of it he decided to run for a seat in the board of supervisors of san francisco and so there's five seats and he almost won almost the only reason he didn't win is because the last day to vote, he was going to have a seat and people were like, we can't have this gay man voting. And so they sent out people last minute. Wow. And oh, no, sorry. They put in candidates at the oh, last minute. Oh, And then like to take away votes. Yes, to take away votes. And because like there's so there's five seats. Originally, there was nine people running. He had he had enough votes to be in those top five yeah but then when they started adding more and more candidates and like trying to get him out of the spot just by default because suddenly there were more candidates yeah so he didn't so he was win not in the top five anymore because yeah there were mm-hmm. More candidates. Mm-hmm. because they didn't want this gay man yeah. winning um and he quoted or this is his quote there were nine people running. My chances for winning were very, very good. Twelve hours before the filing was to close, the people who didn't want me running went out, got almost 30 people to apply for the office. Wow. I didn't think it was going to be that many people. That is ridiculous. Insane. Now the field was large and they made my position weak, but that didn't stop me. I still campaigned. I came in ninth in that whole field. I proved my point. From that day at every election, the politicians in San Francisco have talked to us. So even though he didn't win, he showed that there was a strong gay voting block and yeah. that they could not be ignored anymore. And he paved, he built, he paved that road like mm-hmm. um, for future gay candidates to win, to run and win as Harvey Milk did in 1977. Yeah. That same seat. Wow. He also helped form the first ever gay business association in the United States. And this was called the Tavern Guild of San Francisco. And it's just such a cute name for a business association. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And they they were created to protect gay bars from police raids mm. because these raids not only, you know, got a bunch of people arrested, but if enough raids, uh, liquor licenses would be revoked. Oh. And then these places would be shut down, which is the goal to mm-hmm. like get rid of these spaces that are safe and open for people. Yeah. Right. So what they did, the um, Tavern Guild, was establish a phone network that tracked police raids and warned every every bar that was part of the guild of potential raids. And so they would like clear the space before the police could arrive. Then the police Amazing. arrived and there was yeah nothing there. Mm-hmm. And this is like, yeah, all through a phone network. <laughs> they also helped raise money for bail funds and legal fees for bar owners, employees, people at bars that were arrested during raids amazing work yeah and he continued to advocate advocate for the lgbtq his entire life on top of this uh association this one he there was one more that he did um i just didn't write down because i was running out of time and i was writing a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like i can't include everything this yeah. amazing man has done he also owned like top chain restaurants in new york at some point wow (laughs) well i need to find out the books about him so i could find them yeah seriously Uh, well i'll tell you the names right now um because i didn't put them in my notes but they are um in the and i found it in the wikipedia i always use wikipedia to then find yeah like more things Uh yeah and that's where i found those books but again i couldn't buy them I forgot to say, though, while he was at the Black Hat and performing and all that, he did earn the moniker of the Nightingale of Montgomery Street. <laughs> the Nightingale of Montgomery Street. Yeah. Wow. And he also... <laughs> well, let me tell you the book name first. One of the ones that I really wanted that I could not get is Before Stonewall, Activist for Gay and Lesbian Rights. That was written in 2002 because uh, he had a lot in that about him. And then this is the one that I really wanted. The Empress is a Man, Stories from the Life of Jose Saria. Okay. That's the one that was like 50 bucks that I really wanted that I could not get. But the reason I wanted to mention the name first is because (laughs) at some point in his life, he he declared himself the Empress. Hold on, let me find. Oh, yeah. $54. Mm -hmm. Okay. He became known as the Grand Mirror Absolute Empress de San Francisco. (laughs) And the widow Norton. And the reason that he called himself this is because... Um, wow, did you see the hardcover price? Sorry to cut you off. Is it insane? I didn't 172. Whoo. Yeah. So at some point, the, the black cat, I think because of continuing police pressure, it did lose its license. Oh. It tried to stay open as a regular like lunch place, but then it just closed for good in 1964. Mm. Um, so after that happened, Jose Saria founded the Society for Individual Rights. Okay. And this was after the other earlier organization that I mentioned. He he made this because he wanted to focus on street level organizing. And so this organization lasted 17 years. But also there's there's this thing called the Bow Arts Ball. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm-mm. Okay, I don't know much about it, but so it's like a costume ball that happens every year. I love it says The Empress is a Man is an untraditional book about an untraditional man. <laughs> yeah, it, and he really is. But this ball happened every year. In 1964, 
he became he was the crowned queen of this ball right mm-hmm. but then jose osaria was like i'm already a queen and he proclaimed himself and this is what he called himself her royal majesty empress of san francisco jose the first the widow norton Norton or the widow Norton is like a reference to I don't know who this man was but Uh this is a little blurb about him just from Wikipedia because I was like I don't have time to write about a whole nother man (laughs) so this is from Wikipedia but Joshua Abraham Norton he was born February 4th 1818 and he died January 18 or sorry January 8th 1880 and he was known as Emperor Norton he in 1859 proclaimed himself Emperor of the United States (laughs) Hmm. And um, and the protector of Mexico when Napoleon invaded Mexico in 1863. I guess he's just okay. like, I'm going to protect Mexico. I don't hmm. know. I, just, I don't know what his, what his deal is. <laughs> yeah, other than those two things. But like, you're like, I don't know what this means. Yeah, he just declared himself an emperor. And I mean, he I guess he issued decrees at some point. Hmm. I, I don't know what his deal is at all. Imperial acts. At some point, he wrote to Queen Victoria to asking for marriage. <laughs> he also wrote to Kamehameha, the king of Hawaii. Um, and I guess that the, you know, the king of Hawaii recognized him as the leader of the United States because he refused to recognize the democ- democratic U.S. government. Huh, so interesting. I mean, it sounds like. <laughs> Wild man, for Some sure. Things um, he did. Anyway, <laughs> I guess Jose Saria really liked him. Okay. Took the name. Uh, hold on. What was the long ass name again? Uh, um, I'm, I don't remember it. Like, it was long. <laughs> it was very long. Hold on. Where is it? I just remember the end was Widow Norton. Yes. Her Royal Majesty Empress of San Francisco, Jose I, the Widow Norton. <laughs> Norton, he's buried at uh, Woodlawn Cemetery in Colma, California. And Jose Saria organized, like, annual pilgrimages to this man's grave. Wow. (laughs) Under the name Empress, under his long-ass title that he gave himself, right? He established or helped establish the International Imperial Court System. This is known as the, also known as the International Court System. And this, I had no idea about them, but it's the largest and oldest LGBTQ plus organization in the world. Wow. And so it's like a nonprofit charitable organization. They are in the United States, Canada, Mexico. They raise money for different things, different causes. And so there's like a hierarchy in this system. And he was... The formally Empress? known as the oh. Empress. Okay. Informally known as Mama Jose. <laughs> wow. Among the court members. Um, and there's Jose Honors Awards uh, in this organization still. Wow. To this day. There's also a biannual banquet in his honor still. Wow. Uh, to this day. But yeah, so he, you know, he, he did a lot of things. He he died uh, at the age of 90. Wow. In 2013. He lived a long life. Yes. And yeah, he had adrenal cancer. He mm. died, passed away in his home in Los Ranchos de Al- Albuquer- Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's how you pronounce anyway. it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and his imperial drag themed funeral. <gasps> oh, my God. 
Yes. Amazing. Was held on September 6th, 2013 at the Grace Cathedral of San Francisco. Wow. And I read a piece of when this funeral took place uh, by the San Francisco, like, a newspaper or whatever and the person the journalist writing was like I'm, I'm sure that the organization of the church was like very confused about what was happening but it was a beautiful service <laughs> I was it was a drag service <laughs> wow and uh, over 1,000 people attended mm-hmm. he was then buried in full with full military honors in the Woodland Memorial Park Cemetery in Coma California <laughs> in a plot Oh my he God. purchased Next at the f- two <laughs> at the foot of the grave of Joshua Norton. I just love that he oh, knew what he wanted and he did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and that is a abridged version of the life of Jose Saria. Wow. Um, I know sometimes I say this about our topics, and I'm like, I'm a better person for learning learning about this person, and that's how I feel today. <laughs> I mean, I just like I read about him and I was because I was like, I want to cover something like LGBTQ related because it's Pride Month and like, you know, I got to find a story. And I was looking and then I was like, who's this Adia? And then I looked at his picture and I was like, who is this man? Hottie, (laughs) hottie alert. Then I started reading about like everything he's done and I was like, oh my fucking God, what has he not done? Why don't I I know his name already? Why do I know about Harvey Milk and not Mm -hmm. Jose Saria, right? So yeah, that's why I wanted to cover it. I had these notes done like as soon as I saw that. I remember because you sent me that picture like (laughs) three weeks ago. Yeah, I obsessively read about him. Um, And I I wish I had time to read those books. Or buy them, but they're insanely expensive. I know. My God. I'm going to treat myself, maybe for my birthday, and buy uh, the book. Yeah, let me know. our birthday. It's Um, not only my birthday. It's also your birthday. That's true. It is our birthday. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was just like amazing, amazing story. Uh, Amazing life. Yeah. Uh, I just, I I was blown away. I mean, I'm truly amazed because every day that we can learn about, or any time that we can learn about, you know, an LGBTQ plus icon. <laughs> queen. Literal queen. Empress. No, sorry, not queen. Empress. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I wanted to look up some of his performances and I didn't. I wonder if this is a video about him, but I'm trying to find. There's a there's a documentary mm-hmm. and I think some of his performances are in this documentary. I think it's on PBS. Oh, yeah, that's right. When I was reading about his book, it said he's been on um, yeah, PBS. I wonder if this has it. It says Nellie Queen, The Life and Times of Jose Saria. Oh, the trailer. Oh, that must be it. I just really want to see. Oh, this is part of his funeral service. Oh, he, he's going to make me cry. He just said the quote the he's saying the speech. You said you quoted oh, about amazing. Undivided They Catch Us All. Or one yeah. by one. Oh, chills. I heard. I could hear it. Oh, somebody wrote, I love this film so much. It was emotional, sad, and absolutely empowering. I'm going to need to watch this. Yes. Yeah, we need to watch it. What's it called again? Nelly Queen, The Life and Times of Jose Saria. Okay. Yeah. On the watch list. Because, yeah, amazing. I just want to say that people, bigoted people today, you know, are full of shit. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they really... <laughs> They really act like drag is new and oh my God, like everyone is trans and everyone is gay now. And so what? Who cares? 
that's i agree and besides that like this was how long ago there was drag shows drag queens empresses i mean this <laughs> back then this man was in world war ii yeah watching drag shows <laughs> and yeah i'm just over it <laughs> same and that was really it <laughs> okay okay yeah well thanks for going on this journey with me thanks for having me it was amazing yeah and yeah i mean i hope that you learned i hope that you enjoyed this too like everyone listening. truly yes and please share this because like more people need to know about him <laughs> yeah and i guess we did have a catchphrase uh <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope that this is one less historia unknown for you. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Bye.